We go. Gabaldik. So, a good vach. Today's daf is daf Tzadi Aleph, page 91. In Mesech Yavamas, we're going to pick up from the top two dots, which is five lines from the top of Tzadi Aleph Amud Beis. Tzadi Aleph Amud Aleph, I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. Bas Kayin Min So, again, we're referring to the Mishnah as we learned, where a woman remarried al Echod. She remarried according to the testimony of one witness. So, we said... She has to leave both husbands. They're both going to have to give her a divorce. And if she is the daughter of a Kohen, she is no longer able to eat Shuma. Bas min Shuma. If she's a Kohenes, she's not allowed to eat Shuma, to which the Gemara explains the Chiddush, Afilu B'Chuma Derabbanan. This applies even to Chuma Derabbanan. I may have thought we're only the, the Rabbanan in their decree of uh, being strong with her to ensure that she does good research. Um, is only going to disqualify her from eating regular truma, da'iraisa dika truma. So the chiddush over here is that we're even going to disqualify her from eating rabbinic truma. Okay, that's the, the it's even a, a greater knas, so to speak, a greater fine than I otherwise would have thought. Weiter, let's keep going. The next part of the Mishnah said, And the inheritors of either husband, do not inherit her ksuba. Now remember, we learned in the Mishnah, she doesn't have a ksuba. That's part of the kanas. That's part of the fine that we give her. She's not going to receive, receive a ksuba from either husband. Now we know clearly, the second husband, obviously, she was never really, she's, he's not really her second husband because her first husband never died. Again, what was the case? She remarried according to the testimony of one witness. The rabbis allow that. The chachamim are the ones who permit that. Then her husband comes walking in. So he's alive now. So the Rabbanon are adding very strong knasin, very strong fines on her, because they want to make sure that if she does remarry, she does her research gans fine, that she does proper research and, and, and knows for a fact, even though there's no to aid them, she knows for a fact that, uh, that she's allowed to remarry. So in order to prevent this, they, they created all these stringencies. And one of the things is she's going to lose her ksuba. Then the Mishnah said, the inheritors of East Cuba don't get it. Now, what do you mean? There's no Ksuba. Ask the Gemara. Ksuba my abidate. What's the Ksuba doing here? There's no Ksuba. Of course nobody inherits it. Amar of Papa, Papa says, Ksuba Aspenin Dichrin. It's referring to the Ksuba Aspenin Dichrin. Let's remember what's the Ksuba Aspenin Dichrin. It's a fascinating case. Here's what happens. You have a woman who goes into a marriage with a Nidunya, with a dowry. Now, if the husband were to die first, she's going to get it back. But what if she dies first? Then the husband is going to end up inheriting all that. And if he remarries a second woman and has more children, so now the original money that wife number one brought into the marriage is going to be lost from her family, so to speak. And it's going to be divided amongst all the children of the husband. So what they do is, inside the ksuba, they make a condition. And they write that all of the dowry that she brings with her into the marriage, all of that dowry, if she were to die first, the husband's, the, the only children that inherit that money from the husband is going to be her children, not children from a different wife. So Rav Papa says, The Kiddush over here is that there, there's no inheritors of this condition of Ksuba Aspen so Gemara says, well, you can only make a condition within a ksuba that exists. Again, ksuba doesn't exist. Pshita. It's obvious there's no ksuba has been in Dechren, because they never got it in the first place. The Gemara says, no, mahotim, I would have thought to say, lididadav di surah kan surah banan. 
by the woman herself, we're going to knas her and say there's no ksuba because she should have done better research. Lizara, like Kansur Abonon, but for her children, who, her children who were supposed to inherit the original dowry, why should we find them? What did they do wrong? Why should we take away that condition? An interesting chiddush. In other words, I would have thought, although the ksuba itself is not valid, perhaps the conditions that went into the ksuba, because they're going to impact other people, maybe that should be uh, remain valid. Kamash Malan, therefore the Tana lets us know that the same way her ksuba is not valid, so, so too the conditions that are placed into the ksuba, the ksuba has been indifferent, also are lost. Okay? And then finally the Mishnah said, Each brother does chalitza and not yibam. Now remember, the sec, you know, the, of the, we're calling them first husband and second husband. But really, in the end of the day, the second husband is not really her husband. Because her first husband ever died. So the second guy just put a ring on a finger of an Asha's ish. That's really all that happened. But the Mishnah says, the brother of both husbands does chalitza. So the biggest chiddush is going to be on the second brother, the second husband's brother. Like, why in the world is he doing chalitza? So the Gemara explains, the brother of husband number one that came back and died childless, he's going to have to do chalitza midaraisa because there's a real yibum chalitza chiv here. Except that his brother wasn't allowed to be married to her, so he also should do chalitza. What about yibum? The rabbanon say, no, you're not allowed to do yibum. That makes sense. We get that. And Achiv Shalshani, what about the brother of the second husband, quote unquote? He wasn't really a husband. Why is there chalitza? Oh, says the Gemara, Chalitz Midra Bonam. The Chalitz is going to be because of a rabbinic decree, because of a rabbinic decree. They're still going to say, you got to do Chalitz. So same as the get, right? They said the second husband has to give a get. Why are they giving a get? What are you doing there? Oh, because people might think that the second marriage was valid and she can go out without a get. So therefore, we just insert a get. Give a get. So same logic applies to Chalitza. So we're going to, the Rabbana are going to say, do Chalitza. But Yibam obviously cannot be done. Lai Midaraisa, Velai Midarabonon, both Midaraisa and Dirabonon. Which is interesting. Midaraisa, we know is no Yibam because no Yibam. And the Rabbana say, you're not allowed to do Yibam. I would say, he's an outside guy. Let him, let him do Yibam. What's the big deal? The Rabbanon make a Gezerah, they make a decree that uh, the same way the original brother, husband number two, quote unquote, was not allowed to stay married to her, so too, we're extending that to the Yavam of husband number two. Okay, period, end of that. Then the Mishnah went weiter, the Mishnah went further. And let us go back and see, let's, let's turn the Mishnah together inside. What, what the Mishnah say? So we're looking back at the Mishnah, the beginning of our parak, the 10th parak, on Pezayin Amar Bez, 87b. And the Mishnah, again, had given the case where this woman remarries according to the testimony of one witness, and then the husband comes back. So we gave all these knasin, all these fines that apply to her. And then, if you look at um, about eight lines into the Mishnah, the Mishnah starts bringing down some disputes. And it says, Rabbi Yossi Omer, you see that? One, two, three, four, five, yeah, eight lines into the Mishnah. Rabbi Yossi says that actually she can claim Aksuba against her first husband. Okay? According to the Tanakhama, she lost Aksubas from both husbands. Rabbi Yossi says no. The first husband is obligated 
to pay a ksuba. Okay? That was the opinion of Rebbeisi. Rebbe Eliezer continues the machlaikas, and he says that the first husband also is allowed to uh, get her her uh, thing, her metzias, the thing that she finds, as well as thing that she owns, and he's allowed to be made for her nether. He's allowed to nullify her vow. Rib Shimon adds in, Rib Shimon holds that um, Bia or Chalitza um, from the first husband's brother also is going to play a role in um, in being Matir, her tzara, her co-wife, and the children from the first husband will not be a mamzer. Okay. Let's get into this, into this, uh, these additional opinions now. Amar Ravuna. Ravuna says, Basroi maidu lekamai. Really, the Tanoim that are written towards the end of the Mishnah agree with the Tanoim that are written before them. Okay? They agree with the Tanoim that are written before them in the Mishnah. But Kamai, the earlier Tanoim of the Mishnah, do not agree with the Tanayim that are written after them in the Mishnah. Meaning, you know, Rabbi agrees with the Tanakama, but because he's written second. The Tanakama does not agree with Rabbi Yossi. Now, let's explain. Rabbi Shimon, who's the last opinion. He agrees with Rabbi Elazar, who's the opinion before him. He says like this. If the Rabbanon do not make a uh, knas on the Ikerbiya with the Yavam, which would be considered an Arayis, as a brother-in-law, how much more so would he agree that, listen, if we're not going to knas having relations with the Yavam, we're certainly not going to knas the husband getting the rights to her Mitzias and her Maisiyadayim. Which is just a, a, a financial issue. Rebbe Lazar, and Rebbe Lazar, who's written earlier, he does not agree with Rebbe Shimon. He'll say that we're more strict on the Bia. And they both agree with Rebbe Yasva that things that, um, that um, take place while they're married. Then, uh, then we say, How much more so do they hold there's no knas on the ksuba, which is going to be, uh, which is going to be when they are ending the marriage. And Rabbi Yaisi will, uh, will not agree with the later opinions who say, He holds that when it comes to a ksuba, which... Um, is it's taking place as the marriage is ending because aksuba only works as the marriage is ending that uh, there's no knas over there. He said there's no knas because again, what's the purpose of the knas? To end the marriage. Over here, the marriage is ending. So why knas it? But things that she only gets and or he only gets while they're married, that those we find, okay? And therefore, the logic over here would be Let's knas anything that's going to have to do with their relationship and separate them so that it'll lead to Shalom Bayez problems and potential div- and, and hopeful divorce because we want them to end this marriage as opposed to things that are given out on the way out of the marriage that we're fine. There's no need to find that. There's no need to knas that because, um, because she's, on, uh, she's, gone, she's on her way out the door anyway. Okay, fine. Rabbi Yechanan Amar, but Rabbi Yechanan says, Kamoi maidu He says, no, that really the 
the earlier Tanoim agree with the later Tanoim. The Tanakam will agree with Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yaisi with Rabbi Shimon, with Rabbi Lazar, with Rabbi Shimon. But the opinions listed later in the Mishnah do not agree with their earlier opinions. Now let's explain. Rabbi Yaisi might later Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yaisi will agree with Rabbi Lazar who's written after him, Ksuba He says, when it comes to a Ksuba, which the husband is obligated to the wife, so the, so the husband's obligated to give the ksuba to the wife, then we're not going to cast that. The Koshkain, because why, why should... Whose benefit is that? Whose benefit is that? That is a benefit for the wife. The Koshkain, so how much more so are we going to say we're not going to give a knas from something that usually goes to the husband. Because who's the issue here? She's the issue. She's the one who did something wrong. So why, if we're not going to cast her, we're certainly not going to cast him for not receiving her Maiseyadayim. What did he do wrong? Rabbi Allah won't agree with that. He says, He says, no. When it comes to her findings or, or things that she, her salary, things that she earned, so that's something that goes from the wife to the husband. There's no kanas over there, which is understandable. Why should we kanas him? Right? He's not the one who's held accountable for, do, the, for doing research. But aksuba, which is for her benefit, so kanas. We should kanas that and say, hey, Lady, you're the one who should be getting the ksuba, and you're the one who should have done the research. And both Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yisrael, who say, listen, during the husband's lifetime, we're not going to it. How much more so? Meaning, having yibum after the, after the husband dies, how much more so we're not going to knas? But Rabbi Shimon does not agree with them, and he says that even though the husband passed away, he says that even though uh, he says bia, which comes the achar misa that we don't knas avalhani de mechayim kones, but the other obligations such as ksuba and the maisiyadayim and the mitzias and all those things that we do knas. Okay, very logical, very gishmak. Period. Two dots. Two dots. Okay, that's the end of that's the end of that gemara and the point of clarification uh, of the mishnah and the machlekes in the mishnah. Okay, then here we go. We're at the two dots now. Then the Mishnah went weiter. The Mishnah continued. And the Mishnah taught us the following halacha. Niseis shaloi birshus. Niseis shaloi birshus means she remarried husband number two, not with one witness. This whole few daf we were talking about where she remarried according to one witness. Here, we mean, here it means... She remarried according to two witnesses. What did we say in the Mishnah? Ready for this? Two witnesses come and tell a woman, your husband died. She remarries. A week later, her husband shows up. Oy vey Izmir. We said in the Mishnah, she could go back to husband number one. We don't find her like this whole Gemara that we spoke about until now. She didn't need the rabbis and the Besdin to tell her to remarry. Two witnesses told her she could remarry. So there, there's no knas. That's what we said in the Mishnah. Here we go. Omar Rav Huna, Omar Rav, Hochi Hilchisa. This is the halacha. That's what Rav Huna says. Okay. 
And now we're going to challenge these two words of Rav Huna. Here we go. Why did Rav Huna need to say, this is the halacha? And if you ever have to say, this is the halacha, that seems to imply there's a big question over here. It's a big question over here. Now let's go back to our conversation that we had when we learned the Mishnah. If two witnesses come and say a woman could remarry, what else do you want from her? She's just following the halacha, right? If one witness comes, so she's really not following the halacha so much because halacha really says you need two, but the rabbis are leaning because of agunam. Because of that leniency, we really put a lot of expectation on her, so she's still held accountable if her husband does show up. Okay. So, but Rav Huna is saying, it's, if two witnesses come, the halacha is, oh, the halacha is that um, she, uh, she's allowed to go back to. So, Amar, Amar Le Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman says to Rav Huna, I don't understand. Ganova genuve lomolach. Why are you acting like a ganav? Why are you acting like a thief? In other words, you're being like a little secretive. Isvir lachar of Shimon. If you hold like Rav Shimon, the Mishnah, ima lachar of Shimon. See, Allah is like Rav Shimon, the Shamas of Shimon. Gazla, because you're following, the, you're following the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. Okay, in other words, that's his the, his uh, his his own opinion. Vechitem and and don't make it as if it's yours. Vechitem i amina halacha of Shimon. If you would have said halacha of Shimon, mashma filo become isa, you would have thought that we're going to pass of Shimon even in the first part of the Mishnah. Em halacha of Shimon b'achreina. Say halacha of Shimon at the end. The Gemara says kasha. It's a kasha. Okay. Bottom line is. Bottom line is. Ravuna said haki yochasa. We want to know why he said it that way. And the Gemara is answering, we're not sure. Omar Rav Sheshas. Rav Sheshas says, Amina, I, I said, Ki noyim v'shochiv rav. When Rav Huna is quoting rav to say, Hachi Says Rav Sheshas, you should know, if rav said that, I noyim v'shochiv rav, noyim is to doze off, v'shochiv and laying down. If rav was dozing and laying down, Amar l'hashmaitza, that's when he said the Shmaitza. Okay, that's when he said this statement. Okay, meaning if Rav said, he must be half asleep. It's got to be Shacharis after staying up a whole night learning on Shavuos. Yeah, He's gotta ha- he must have been tired. Why? Because by saying that seems to imply that there's some sort of machlekes. And there are opinions which say, if the, it must be that you hold there's opinions that say if she remarries according to two Adam and a man shows up, that there's actually problems here. Well, let me tell you something. It's not possible. My Who's going to argue on that statement? She's an absolute inus. It's an absolute mistake. Completely out of her control. She relied on two witnesses. She, she's not obligated to do any further research. She is an ones to ones to ones to ones. In the other case, remember, she knew she's not really allowed to marry if not for the fact that we're being lenient because of Aguna. But over here, she's an absolute witness. Who in the world, who in their right mind is going to argue and say that if two witnesses said she could remarry and the husband shows up, that she has a problem here? No one's going to say that. And furthermore, we learned in Abraisa, when it comes to all the, the um, Arias, all the forbidden relations in the Torah, if they get married, you do not need a get. Okay? Meaning, it's not a marriage in the first place. It's not a marriage. A man puts a ring on his mother's finger. Yeah? 
You're not married. Except for an Ashes Ish who remarried based upon one an Eidachon. Very interesting. According to the Bezdin is going to say you got to give a get. I'll be Adam Loy by Gita, but if she remarries going to two witnesses, you don't need to get money. Who's that opinion? Like either Mary Shimon can say it's only Rib Shimon's opinion. I'll be best than me by get, really, according to Rib Shimon. If she remarries according to Bezdin, meaning an eight echad, do you need to get? But Tanakh went to the price of Shimon. I'm her also Bezdin by Razan, Kizdain Ish Beisha, I'll be Adam, Kishigas Isha Beish. The way that the Chachamim established their court when they say, that a woman's allowed to uh, allowed to remarry according to an edachon. It's as if you. Um, it's as if well, if she remarries the second guy, it's as if she purposely um, uh, had an extramarital affair. And I'll pay them again. Let's read that last line. Kishigas And if she, if you remarry according to two witnesses, then it's like a mistaken affair. But in either case, you don't need to get. So you see that. According to the first, uh, according to the first halacha of the brisa, you're gonna need to get when there's a edachar elolav rabbanani. It must be that it's the opinion of the rabbanon. But the problem is the brisa says you don't need to get when there's two witnesses. So the rabbanon are agreeing with Reb Shimon that we're not gonna knas, and that's an that's the question on Rav. Rav must have been half asleep when he's saying that it's that there's a machlokas because again, if the words of Rav are hachi hilchasa. The halacha is like Rav Shimon. That means somebody argues. Who's that somebody? The Rabbanan. But we're now proving now the Rabbanan do not argue. And if the Rabbanan do not argue, why do you need to say this is the halacha? Everybody agrees with that. Answers the Gemara. Really, Rabbi Shimon. Really, when Rav said, it's really only following the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon is only one who allows her to go back to her first husband by Tuadim. And the Chachamim are actually going to say, even if you have two witnesses, you cannot go back to your first husband. Here we go. The Tiritzachi. And let's explain everything as follows. Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Shimon says, Asu Bezdin by Rasan. Bezdin considers their psak of an Eidechad coming and she could remarry. Kikavonas Ishbi Isha. Like a case where somebody had kavana to be married to a woman, uboi get, and therefore, there's das for marriage, therefore you need to get. I'll pee um, What happens if the woman remarries because two witnesses say her husband died? That's like when a man and woman have relations without intent for marriage. And in that situation, there's no obligation for a get. Okay. And therefore, that's the whole situation of the Brisa. We're not dealing with any other scenario. You have no Raya. There's no proof to what exactly the Rabbanan hold. Ravashi Amar, Ravashi says, again, another way to help out Rav, that um, the way we explain the Brisa is only getting into the Indian, the, the topic of who is forbidden to the husband. We're not dealing with who, whether or not you have to give again. We're just dealing with Isr Beheter. Permitted or not permitted. And this is what the Bryce is saying. Asu Bezdin by Rasan. Then when the Chachamim gave a psak for a woman to remarry according to Eidachad, they made a Kizadayin Ish Beisha. It's like in a, a purposeful, an intentional um, affair 
between a regular man and a woman. Umitasra al-Baila. And what's going to happen? She's going to become usher to her husband. Al-Piedim. But let's say there were two witnesses saying that her husband died. Then Kishik, and, and she remarries and the husband comes back. So they make that Kishikigas Isha Be'ish. Like the whole thing's a shaygig, it's a mistake. And what happens when you have a, when you have a, a, a relationship which was b'shaygig, it was unintentional. She does not become usher to her husband. Hence, that price was dealing with, with uh, Reb Shimon, just dealing with the Isr v'heter of the, of the relations itself, but it has nothing to do with Hilchas Get. Hence, we don't really know, um, we don't really know what the Chachamim's, the, the Rabbonans' uh, opinion is. Top of Tzadi Aluf Amud Beis, the Ravina Omar, and Ravina says, Le'inyin Karban Katani, that really, the other Bryce's dealing with the obligation of bringing a Karban Chatas, bringing a sin offering, meaning, Asu Bezna by Rasik Zadin Isha the the Chachamim treated their Psak, when there was an Eid Echad, and she remarries, husband comes back, like a intentional, a willful, um, affair between uh, b- between uh, somebody and a married woman carbon and in such a case there's no chi of carbon you know why you only bring a sacrifice when it was a shogig when it was unintentional over here we're considering it to be on purpose I'll them but if there's two witnesses then it's like a mistake carbon and you are obligated she would be obligated in that case to be a carbon but again it's not speaking anything about what the rabbanon would hold as far as the chiyuv get. So the bottom line is, when Rav says, Hachi when Rav said, this is the halacha, which seems to imply that somebody argues on Rabbi Shimon, it's taka, a, uh, a statement that you can't really, we, we don't yet have any strong questions on. Maybe there's taka machlekes about this. Okay. Here we go. Vibay Another way we could possibly get around the question on Rav, of you can say like this, ha kamaisa drabon. You can say the first brisa is actually going in the opinion of the rabban. Okay? Meaning, when do we say that she needs a get? That's not going in the opinion of Rab Shimon, the opinion of the rabban. And this is how we could understand the brisa. Chutz eshes ish, that if, you have an Arias, who's, uh, you know, a man puts a ring on a woman's finger, that's an Arias. There's no get, except for an Eshesish. What does that mean? Vishinisis al bezin, a woman who married, or, uh, I'm sorry, Chotzmi Eshesis, Vishinisis al bezin, except for an Eshesish, meaning you have a, a woman who two witnesses came and said that her husband's dead, and she remarried according to the two witnesses. Then we're going to say there's no get. Then we're going to say there, there is a get. And also, and it also includes an aid echad. In either case, there's going to be an obligation of a get from the second husband. Although we could say, oh, they were never really married. She was, she was married all along. The Maisa, the Chamim go ahead and they institute a get. Period. End of that challenge on Rav. So it's very clear now, we, 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 Rav's sticking to his guns. We don't have any questions on him. And the Hachi Hachusa of Rav is actually very sensible. Okay, here we go. Let's pause. We're up to Masiv Ula. Masiv Ula. Okay, here we go.
This entire conversation was with an assumption. If a woman has two witnesses coming and saying her husband died, and she remarries, is she held accountable at all? No. That's what he said. What else do you want from her? Right? What else do you want? You expect her to do her own research? You know what research is? Two witnesses. That's how everything works. All right? That's what we said. Ula is now going to question that whole assumption. Again, the assumption is that our whole Gemara and all the knas that we give her, if it gets messed up, is when she married according to one witness. But if two witnesses come, what else do you, what else do you want from her? She didn't do anything wrong. That's what we said. Ula's going to question that assumption. Here we go. Masif Ula. Ula asked a challenging question on this assumption that she can remarry with no problem if there's two witnesses, even if things go havoc afterwards, husband shows up, she's fine. Here we go. Mia Do we say, my havala lamevar? If two witnesses come, we say, oh, what else do you want from her? What could she have done? Says Ula, is that true? But we learned in a Mishnah, listen to this, Let's say you have a get. Now, in each side, in inside of of a get document of a divorce document, you write the date, the location, the the year of the king's reign, in which country you're in. They write right all the here in St. Louis. You're writing on the uh, uh, the western side of the Mississippi River and the River De Pere. You know they they get all these things written into the get. Let's say in the get they write the um, the date of a Rashi says the Roman government, but it's referring to like the wrong government. We're living in United States of America, and you write the date of you know it's the it's the uh, the four thousandth year of the Chinese government's uh, establishment. You know what I mean? Or the Shem Malchus Madai, according to the Malchus of Madai, the Shem Malchus Yavan, Greek, Lebanon Abayas, building the base of Mikdash, the Chorban Abayas, destruction of the base of Mikdash, Hayab and Mizrach, Chasub and Marav, you're in the east and you write that, and you write that the get took place in the west, the Marav, Chasub and Mizrach, in the west, you write that it's in the east. So, in other words, there's a mess up. There's a mess up in the get. What's the halacha? What's the halacha? It's a defective get. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. She already remarried. She received a get from a court. It turns out years later that they found out the get wasn't written right. Now, remember, we say nowadays, that's why they don't give a get. They don't give the actual get to the couple. They tear it up. So people shouldn't start questioning everything. Uh, There was a problem 50 years ago, therefore the kids are all moms here. But what happens if you see an issue with the get? She has she cannot remain married to her first husband, even though it was a faulty divorce, and she has to leave her second husband. Again, that makes sense because she, uh, <laughs> you know, she was really a, a married woman all along. Okay, she was a married woman all along, and she it's like she had a, an extramarital affair with the second husband. Bechol and says says the Gemara Viter. And all these 
knasen, all these fines that we learned earlier in the Mishnah, but applied to this case as well. The same as a woman who remarries according to an Eidechad is going to apply, the same, the same knas applies to a woman who remarries with a faulty get. Va'amai. What'd she do wrong? Did she write the get? Say, what else do you want from her? What else do you want from her? Nabuch. She went to a Bezdin. They had a get written. Ten years later, it comes out there was something wrong with the get. We're going to tell her to leave? What could she have done? It's the same problem as two witnesses coming, saying the husband's dead, and then the husband's not alive. According to our Mishnah, we don't kenas her. So why are you knasing her by the get? What else could she have done? Says the Gemara. No, I'll tell you a difference between two Adam saying her husband's dead and a problem with the get. When you're given a get to end a marriage, you could go to somebody and make sure that it's okay. Make sure it's a valid get. And since... She didn't make sure. You know, if you're signing a contract. Now, she doesn't have to sign the get. You just need witnesses that the husband's giving it to her. But if you're accept, she has to accept it. If you're going into an agreement, you should know before you put your, your signature on the dotted line what's happening. So when they give her a get, she should make sure it's written, it's read to her and she... and she has the ability and the wherewithal to know if there's a mistake. Hence, she's held... A little bit accountable, and she's penalized just like a woman who remarries a P8 Echad. Okay, fine. So the bottom line is, we're really, there, there's really no problem anymore. What was the original problem? The original question of Ula, his challenge was, if two Adam come and say her husband died, and then her husband shows up alive, what else do you want from her? She should be fine, don't knas her, don't find her. We said, what do you mean? There's times where she couldn't have done anything and we find her. Like the get. So Sukumar is answering, no, there she could have done something and that's why we find her. But we're still sticking with, if two of them come, there's no fine. Okay. Next challenge on that assumption. Amar Rav Shimi Barashi. Rav Shimi Barashi says, Toshma, let's come and try to learn from the following case. Hakainas esyevimtai. If a person fulfills his mitzvah of yibam, he marries his yibama. What happens if a man dies with two wives, one woman's taken an Ibum? What happens to the Tzara? She's scot-free, right? The co-wife is free to marry whoever she wants. Now here's what happens, ready? The wife that Yibum was done to turns out to be an islandess. So there was really no Yibum with her in the first place. So woman number two now has gone out and remarried, but that's a problem. Because she was the only Yavama and she wasn't allowed to remarry anymore. Because wife number one turns out to be an islandess. The halacha is, wife number two, the tzara, has to leave her new husband and she can't do yibam. And we knas her. Va'amai, why are you finding her? What did she do wrong? How am I supposed to know that my co-wife was an islandess? 
it's, it's a sad story. It's just a sad story. What do you want from me? Why am I being fined and losing my ksuba and my, so on and so forth? Answers the Gemara. You could have done something. You could have waited because an islandist is found out to be at the age 20. Right? If by age 20 the body doesn't develop at a certain, to a certain extent, to a certain point, we know that the woman's an islandist. As learned earlier. And therefore, interestingly, ready for this? There's a fascinating addition to our home, Masechta. Until now, we've been saying, if a, husband, if a man dies childless with two wives, as soon as the Yavam does Yibam and chooses one wife, the other wife is scot-free. Now what we're seeing is, not necessarily. There's times where wife number two needs to wait to ensure that wife number one is not an islandess. Once you can confirm that, now you're ready to go marry somebody else. Okay. Amar Abayi. Abayi says, another challenge. Again, what are we trying to do here? We're trying to show that just because my Havale Lamevar, just because, you know, um, a woman could say, what else do you want from me, is not a reason not to find her. Okay. So Abayi says, Amar Abayi, Toshma, come and listen. Kol arayas sha'amru paitrois sarisayim. All the arayas, they are paiter, their co-wives from Yibam or Chalitzer. Remember this going back to the beginning of Yibamas. Ruvain dies with two wives. One wife is an erva to Shimon. It's his mother-in-law. What happens? There's no Yibam for anybody, right? There's no Yibam on the mother-in-law and there's no Yibam on the co-wife. Remember, that was Mamash, the beginning of our Masechta. Okay? So all the Arayas, not only is there no Yibam or Chalitza on the Arayas, there's no Yibam or Chalitza on the Tzara, on the Kohef. Now listen to this. There's no Yibam. Holchu Tzara Isvenisu. So the Kohef of the Arayas goes and marries somebody else. Venimtsu Elu Islanus. And it turns out, ready? The, obviously a mother-in-law is not going to work because she had kids but one of the Arias turned out to be an islandess okay now if she's an islandess get ready for this get ready for this Chavra listen closely here's what's going to happen it's going to turn out that Reuven who died never had two wives he only had one wife because the islandess marriage is it's uprooted retroactively. We're going to say it's a mekachtos. The whole marriage was a mistake because Ruben never intended to marry an islandess. And therefore, who fell to Shimon and Yibum? Only this one woman. Yet she went out and married somebody else. She's going to have to leave her second husband because she's only of him. And we're going to kenas her. Vamai, why? Name of my havle the mevat. What else do you want her to do? So his Gemara gives the same answer. She could have waited to make sure that the the co-wife who was the arayas who was the erba taka is not an islandess. Okay, so that challenge is is done with. We're still good with if two witnesses come and she remarries. There's no problem, even if the husband shows up. We're going to say my havle the mevat. We're still good with that. But let's keep challenging. Omar Rava says, Tashma, come and listen. 
If you have a cipher, a cipher is a scribe, he writes a get for a man to give to a woman, and he writes the shaiver, a shaiver is the receipt. So he writes a get for the husband and the receipt for the wife. Okay. So um, Rashi explains that here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. You have Rabbi Sofer. He's the one Sofer in town. He's the one Sofer in town. So a husband and wife have a planned divorce. What happens when you get divorced? The husband gives the wife a get and he's also obligated to give her a ksuba, the value of the ksuba. Now, what's there to stop a woman from claiming a ksuba twice? A husband gives a wife a ksuba. What's stopping her from going two years later and saying, my husband never paid me a document, right? A receipt. When the husband pays her up, so the wife gives him a receipt. That you, behold, you have paid up. That's it, right? And that's, you got a receipt in the store. That's it, you paid up. Okay, but here's what happened. You have Rabbi Sofer, he's the only scribe in town. So this husband, this couple's planning a divorce. The, the husband pays him $100 to write up a get. The wife is, knows she's going to be paid a ksuba. So she pays him $50 for him to write up a receipt document. Okay? Now, so he's got two documents. One's supposed to go to the husband to pay the wife. And one's afterwards supposed to go from the wife back to the husband. And by mistake, he gives the receipt to the husband to give to the wife. And he gives the get straight to the wife. So what happens is, they don't know, they're not good with Hebrew, whatever. So the husband takes his receipt document and gives the receipt document to the wife. And the wife gives the get, hands the get to the husband. All right. They both think they're divorced. They think they're divorced and Shalom al Yisrael. Now, they're not really divorced. He never gave her a get. The mistake comes out. Turns out. Yeah, they realize the mistake that they have. If she remarried in the meantime, she can't stay married to the second husband, the second guy, and she cannot go back to her first guy. And we cannot serve the same way. Why do we find her? We should say, what else do you want from her? Says the Gemara, same answer we gave three questions ago, and that is, no. It's not an excuse. The Rabbi Sofer gave me the wrong one. It's on you to know what you're handing over. He gave you, he gave the woman the get, and the get's giving, the, the get's being handed from the woman to the man. Look at it. It's not an excuse. Omar Ravashi. Ravashi says, Toshma, come and prove from here. Shina Shmai Ushma. What happens if the Rabbi Sofer made a mistake in how he wrote their names? He wrote the wrong name of the city. Okay, it's very important not to only write the name, 
but the place where they live. Same question. What else do you want from them? Gemara gives the same answer. They should have read it. Ravina says, "Okay, Toshma, come and listen from here." If let's say um, they uh, she marries somebody else with a get kareach, a get which was bald. There's two types of of a gitten that, that uh, could be handed over. There's a get which is handed over. It, it's like it's folded over. Okay, um, now um, uh, a get kareach means that you can have, uh, if you have a get where the one it was folded over, and if, if it's folded over, you're supposed to have a, um, a signature of the witnesses on each fold. If it doesn't have a signature on each fold, it's not, it's not a valid get. Okay, so over here again, you just have a case where there's a mess up with the get again, and we say it wasn't a valid get for the first guy, she remarries, she goes out with both. What else do you want her to do? Gemara gives the same answer. No, not an excuse. They could have been more careful. Okay? So the bottom line is, what are we walking away from after all these potential challenges? The bottom line is, if we were to have a case where a woman could say, what do you want from me? There's nothing I could have done. Taka we're going to let her stay in the second marriage. Like the case where two witnesses come and say, your husband's dead. Husband's dead. We're not going to find her. What else, what else is she supposed to do? Okay. Says the Gemara. Okay. Here's what happened. Ready? There was a woman who remarried because two witnesses said her husband's dead. And her husband showed up. Says Rev Papa, we don't find her. There's no penalty. What else do you want from her? Rev Papa tried to take the halacha to practicality. What about all the challenges? Rev Papa says, yeah, what about all the answers? We said they're not real challenges. Amar Lei, so Ravuna says, So what, what, do you, um, what are you going to say? You're going to go ahead and say that um, um, based upon, are, are, it's fascinating. Are these answers strong enough to be so confident in your decision-making abilities? Yeah? Meaning, if there's so many challenges to this, and it, he, he still felt it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough of a svar, enough of a logic to keep it in line, to mamish paskin like this, and say that when the husband walks back in the door, there's no penalty because what else could you have done? I don't know, Rav Papa. And you know what happened? Upasak. And Rav Papa stopped. He agreed. He agreed with that logic. There's such a fascinating and beautiful Gemara. You can have all the logic in the world, right, to say that, you know what, Taka's okay, but like the Misa, the, the husband's here. The husband's here. Like, he, he didn't die. You know what I mean? He's going to say, okay, my Havle Lamebad. You know, Shkoyach. But it seems, Halacha Lamaisa, if the husband goes back, the Paiskim do say, practically speaking, if the husband's here, even if she remarried based upon two Adim, 
we're not going to let it remain. We're not going to let it remain. Okay. Amar Ravashi. Ravashi says, By the way, this that we say, if she remarries, and the husband shows up, there's a penalty, that's only if he walks through the door. But what were to happen if one witness says your husband dies and she remarries and then a month later, a day later, whenever, word is out there on the street, her husband's alive. Are we concerned about word on the street or do we have to actually see him? Ravashi says, we're not concerned about word on the street. If she remarries somebody that's going to one witness and the word is out there that, uh, it's okay. There's no problem. There's no problem. He has to mamish be here. So Gemara says, hey, Kala, how big of a word, how, how big of a voice is out there? If you're going to say that there was some sort of word on the street after some voice out there once she married completely her second husband, Ravashi already told us one time that you don't need to be concerned about this. The Amar Ravashi, because Ravashi says, top of tomorrow's daf, just because there's word out there, yeah, there's rumors swirling around, that's not enough. So why would Ravashi uh, repeat himself? What's his ad chiddush? So Gemara says, I would have thought to say, since when she came to the Bezdin, we gave her permission to remarry based upon the Eid Echad, and we want to be lenient because of Aguna. That's considered like a rumor, word out on the street, that took place even before the Nesuin. The Titsar, and she should become Aser. Kamash Mulan, that we're not concerned. Let's explain what's happening. One witness comes and says her husband's dead. Do we know for sure that he's dead? No. In halacha, do we usually accept an Echad? No. Why are we letting her do this? Aguna. Mishum Aguna Akilu Says the Gemara, you know, I would think there's already a rumor problem. The fact that there's such a weak reason to allow her to remarry other than Mishum Iguna Rabbanam, I'm not concerned about rumors over here. Because it's considered like there's a pre-existing rumor in the first place. So Kamash Lan Ravashi lets us know that it's not like there's pre-existing rumors. And if she's already married, if the rumors start after Nesuin, it's considered like things are, the word is only starting after the marriage. And Mamela, therefore, she's allowed to stay with her Second husband. But again, bottom line, halachalamaisa. Practically speaking, one witness comes, says her husband's dead, she remarries, and then word on the street is out there that her husband's alive, there's no issues yet. Until the husband walks through the door and says, Honey, I'm home, we're not concerned. That's the halacha. We're up to the two dots now, three lines from the top of the Sati Beis and Hashem, we'll pick up from here tomorrow evening. I get in Zimmer, a wonderful summer, and we'll see everybody tomorrow, Mr. Shem.